This is Terrio Media. Hey, Matt here. I've got another live call for you today. It's a sub two deal with seller financing. Welcome to the all new Epic Real Estate Investing Show, the longest running real estate investing podcast on the interwebs. Your source for housing market updates, creative investing strategies, and everything else you need to retire early. Some audio may be pulled from our weekly videos and may require visual support. To get the full premium experience, check out Epic Real Estate's YouTube channel, epicrei.tv. If you want to make money in real estate, sit tight and stay tuned. If you want to go far, share this with a friend. If you want to go fast, go to reiace.com. Here's Matt. It'll likely turn into a wrap. Now, this deal today, it belongs to an REI Ace client, JR, and he found a frustrated investor who finished a flip recently and has been unable to sell it due to his contractor not pulling the correct permits. Therefore, the property isn't qualifying for conventional mortgages. No one can buy it unless they've got cash and it's kind of an expensive property. And so I was on the phone with this seller because I extend to my clients an open invitation to bring me in on a three-way conversation to close the deals that they just can't quite get across the finish line. JR though, he was essentially there, but the seller just needed a little bit more information on how a sub two and seller finance deal would play out. We get a lot of deals done this way while my clients get some in the field training. If you'd like to take a look at what being an REI ACE client is all about, just head over to reiace.com. Now this deal, JR deserves all the credit for this. I mean, he's crushing it. He might not think so yet, but he's on his way. And he, he's just following the steps that we lay out over here at Epic on how to find motivated sellers, how to talk to them, and how to get a signed contract, all the while having that offer being the seller's idea. You see, we do that because the best way to win a negotiation is to want what the person you're negotiating with wants. So JR has been following the steps and he's not afraid to ask questions when he gets stuck. And when he gets his answer, he keeps the ball rolling as he should, because he knows you can't steer a parked car. So listen closely to this conversation, how I positioned the offer or how I positioned the conversation to be the seller's idea. All right, let's dive in. Hey, man, are you there? I'm here. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. All right, yeah, I have to see your partner, uh, Matt, on the line. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm well. Good, glad to hear it. Um, JR had uh, called me, wanted to connect us, and uh, JR and I work together. And I, I write the checks over here, and he's brought me a few deals in the last week or so, and he thinks uh, there might be a good fit here, so that's why we're here. And uh, okay. he kind of brought me up to speed a little bit, but can you, uh, it's really important that uh, I understand where you stand. Can you kind of bring me up to speed yeah. and how you understand it? Um, similar, I guess, to a carry back in that he said that you guys would want to carry, me, me to still have the mortgage, you guys would pay it. Mm -hmm. um, there'd be some kind of cash transaction involved ahead of time with a, kind of a drop dead date of me getting off of the mortgage and the, the house um, when you guys are ready to do that based on the repairs that need to be needed. So mm -hmm. in a nutshell, that's how I understand it. Okay. I used, to be in, I used to be in real estate, so I'm fairly familiar with this kind of stuff. Got it. Um, but I just wanted to touch base and see kind of what works did in your eyes and where, you, where would you want to go with that? For sure. What did you do in real estate? I own my, my ex-wife and I own Level Up Realty. Uh -huh. um, so 
we did, you know, about upwards of 300 residential transactions a year with our firm. So okay. we have that, and we also own two property management companies as well. Got it. So you you operate as an agent then, or a broker? Yeah. Yeah, well, I was, I was more the C, CFO. Um, okay. And I was back about, she was front of the house. But I dealt all the numbers. Got it. Got it. Yeah, you need both sides, don't you? <clears throat> you do, indeed. Sweet. All right. So, did you guys? Did your wife ever bring anything like creatively to you like this? Um, no. We. I don't. Did we? I think we did this with with some of our investors, but never, never us together. We're not married anymore. So. Okay. Um, but she did. We did a lot of work with people who did a lot of kind of buys and flips or buys and holds. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of like individual investor people. Okay. Uh, especially in Solano County and whatnot where prices were still approachable for a cash buyer. Got it. Got it. All right. Sweet. Um, so based off what JR has told you, do you, do you have some concerns about it or specific questions? Well, I want to know kind of what the timeline looks like, um, how long just the kind of the, the ins and outs of how it works like meaning like if you guys are going to pay the mortgage how does that work does that come to me does that you guys say that directly got it um, what are we looking for as far as you know an advance in the cash piece and then how long are you guys would you guys be expecting me to still be on on title and, and on the mortgage before you know we could kind of wrap it up and get it off my plate perfect perfect okay good so as far as timeline what do you want the timeline to be um, you know, my biggest thing right now is that I'm paying this mortgage with no with in a kind of you know what which, which which was purchased as an investment property. We had people in there, and then we went to sell it, so we had to get them out. Mm-hmm. And then all these issues came up, right, with the permitting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, if I'm not paying the mortgage, to be honest with you, and you guys are doing the work. Um, I, I think we can come to some agreement to make it reasonable for both of us. Man, I don't. I don't want to be sitting on this property five years from now. I can tell you that. <laughs> right. Uh, but you know, if it's a six, twelve months arrangement, something like that, I think I'd be comfortable with that. But it, I mean, it depends on how quickly you guys think you can move. So I think. It, I think that question is more in your your lot in your pocket of how much time do you think you need? Okay. Got it. Well, I mean, we could. It would. We would treat it just like a traditional real estate transaction with the traditional closing. So it'd go through yeah. the, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so it'd go through the, just all the same traditional channels that you're probably already familiar with. It'd go through a, a yeah. closing agent. Uh, you're up there, do you guys use title companies, I think, in Oakland? Are you Northern California? Or you use escrow officers? I'm in, I'm in Napa, but I think Garrett said he has a title company he uses. Okay, good. It. So yeah, it'll go through title, everything will be above board. Um, JR would be, uh, would buy the property subject to the existing uh-huh. mortgage. So everything would be the Correct. same, but that would be there. And what would happen is once we've gone through our normal inspection process, our normal due diligence, um, we went ahead and looked at title. We'll probably do a little bit more uh, research on the permits and, and what's necessary to get that rectified. And then uh, sounds like based on what Jared shared with me, everything's nothing insurmountable, nothing that we haven't dealt with in the past. Um, so we'd move forward and then we would close and at close you would get your, your proceeds and then we would take over, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd be transferred to title so we'd be the official owners of the property 
and then we'd start yeah. making payments on your existing mortgage and taking care of the property for you. And then how long do I hold the mortgage for? Um, so you said uh, you don't want to be there for a long time. So you six to 12 months would be something that was acceptable to you? Yeah. Okay. If it went longer than that, what, what would be your, your biggest concern or objection to that? What, so what is what would happen with the, so I guess take me a line of what your guys' intentions are with the property. Sure. So we're probably looking at it very much in the same way that you were looking at it as an investment property. So we have uh-huh. two ways of which we can make money off investment properties. We either have to have the equity in place so we can flip it and make our money there, or we have to right. create some sort of situation where we can create a positive cash flow so we can make our monthly profit that way. Of course. So it's always one of those two. I'm not sure exactly which one it's going to be. We'd have to that we discover all that inside of our due diligence, but it would be one or the other. Okay. That, okay. So is your would your so let me understand this correctly? Your long term goal would be to eventually have you guys have me off the mortgage, or would I just kick not be off the mortgage at any time in the future? Right. So ideally when we um, the, the seller comes off the mortgage is when we resell the property or we re- refinance the property. Right. Okay. So that's what we'd be looking for. So based off of your mortgage, do you know what the uh, interest rate is on your mortgage at the moment? It's low. It's like three something. Yeah. It's low, <laughs> it's low given today's standards. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, that, it makes your mortgage almost as, as good of an asset as, as your property is really. Um, right. So we won't really, I mean, we'll let you know right away what our intentions are and you can make that decision before we close. I'll give you that that opportunity. Um, but okay. uh, we're probably going to flip the property. And so that would have you out of there in six to 12 yeah, months. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a appraisal, I think, Jared, from, I think it's from last year or the year before. Appraisal, mm-hmm. like, Seven ninety nine or something like that. Okay. Um, but, <clears throat> All right, and, and then the mortgage is the mortgage outstanding mortgage balance is it's four. I think it's four eighty something, four eighty six or something like that. Okay. So if we have four eighty there, seven ninety nine, and then as far as the condition goes, I understand you just rehabbed it. It's all good to go. Yeah, it just got the it's it was rehabbed by somebody who didn't pull the right permit. So got it. Um, it's not the electrical. The good news is all the electric, electrical and plumbing have the correct permit. Okay. Um, but the actual physical walls and shit he put up don't. Got it. Got it. So and Jr's been talking to the so Jerry, you can jump anytime you want. I mean, he's been talking to the state how to rectify this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know that this is not my area of expertise. Is I mean, there's they told me there's two options, right? There's you got to get back in there, um, have an architect or contractor there, and, and, and submit the drawings that have been done. City's got to come in and, and look at the work, and then permit it that way. Mm-hmm. Or option B would be to rip it all out. And obviously, we don't want to do option B because the work's all been done already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And gosh, you, with the state of California, you never know because um, <clears throat> uh, we've had several rehabs in in California, and they like to pull fasties on us all the time. So. We're gonna to have to try and take that as far as we can during our due diligence to try and get some sort of confirmation from them on, on factoring okay. what those costs would be. But uh, yeah, so that that's that would be our intention. That would be our plan. 
and you know, I don't foresee anything here that would be a major issue. But like I said, it, it's, for some reason, it's California and New York seem to have the the pickiest um, inspectors, building inspectors, when it comes down to this type of stuff. But nothing, like I said, nothing insurmountable. I don't see any issues with it. If we move through it and we see something that's going to cause some sort of alarm or have to cause us to come back to the negotiating table, then we'll, we'll certainly do that. But I don't really foresee that based based on what we're looking at right now. Did you have any other questions? Okay, so what do you guys, what are you guys thinking as far as uh, when the well, so dollar amount to me? What are we thinking about to make this happen? Sure. What did uh, Jr. What did you two discuss? Well, I mentioned like I remember you saying Neil that you said you wanted to maybe get twenty k out of it, but I want to put a little bit more money in your pocket, and I was thinking like maybe initial like uh. Like maybe a hundred grand in your pocket, and then we can start the process that Matt started to just explain to you. Right. Okay. okay. So that puts in a five eighty. Um, It'll be. Uh, but doing that, because I did speak with the city of Oakland, the inspector, mm-hmm. and he said what's going to happen is, but uh, say if I if I, if I can't take it over myself, I may have a, like an associate that will take it over, and what they would have to do is go to a got a bad connection okay so if um, I think JR had shared with me too I just wanted to confirm with uh, with doing a hundred on top of the, the existing mortgage I don't as long as the, the we don't get any pushback from city or county inspectors then I don't see any issue with that that should be pretty doable um, I would ask though I mean that's gonna that'll that if that happens that'll be a, a nice little uh, profit for us why don't you just do it yourself Neil I don't deal with it. I live in Napa. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I do not want to deal with it anymore. Got it. Um, and just that simple. I've been, I'm so flipping busy with my business up here. I, I don't have time. Um, I'd rather just somebody do it right and get it taken care of. I mean, it's a nice house and mm-hmm. it should be used appropriately for what it is. It's just that, you know, my, my former wife and her partner just, didn't get the damn work permit. <laughs> Got it. But the, uh, JR asked me the same exact question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give him the same, give you the same answer. I, I, I want to wipe my hands clean of it. I don't want to be paying this for nobody living there. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to deal with it anymore. All right. I understand. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's a nice investment. Nice, if somebody wants to take it on mm-hmm. um, and I can come out with it, you know, with 100K in my pocket, I'll, I'll feel fine about that and just move on from there. And, and then we can, you know, you guys can take over the paying the mortgage, and then when when it's when you guys see the refinance that are still up, then it's a done day. Done okay, deal. cool. All right. So, do you want um, just Jared to put this in writing and send it over to you then? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. What did you notice? What did you learn? I'm gonna point out a few things that I did do intentionally. You know, I, well, number one, I asked a lot of questions in a way that whatever the seller's answers were was helping me put the offer together. Also, whoever is asking the questions is in control of the conversation. So if you find yourself answering a lot of questions, recognize that you're not in control. But no worries, really easy to get back on track. Just follow up your answers with a new question and boom, you're back in control. And here's where the real magic is, though. If you're listening genuinely to the answers, you're building amazing rapport. And that's really important when dealing with motivated sellers because... More times than not, they choose to do business 
with the buyer that they like. And that's how you get people to like you. You listen to them, you be interested in them. And you could tell JR has been listening because you could tell that this seller liked JR. And that made it really easy for the seller to like me. And number two, I took the pressure off the seller by letting him know this isn't a big deal because we've seen this type of situation before. You see, when they recognize this isn't your first rodeo, that you've got everything handled, you're in control, they, they tend to trust you more. And if it is your first rodeo, Really simple. It's just, it's always no problem. This happens all the time. This is totally normal. That's what your disposition should be. Hey, no big deal. If I don't know, I'll just ask my partner. They know everything. And that's how I ended up on this call. JR's following the plan perfectly. And number three, I let the seller know that I didn't see any major problems with the deal. It's no problem. We see it all the time. But I did leave it open to come back and renegotiate later. You see, by introducing this upfront, it makes additional negotiations much easier if they need to happen. Sometimes they don't. It's a preemptive strike at a price reduction should you need one after your due diligence. And number four, the last thing I did that was very intentional. You see, sometimes when calls are going too smoothly, when it's feeling too easy, somewhat like this one was, and I give JR the credit for getting it to this point because it was easy for me to just step in and answer a few questions for the seller. But oftentimes, if it's feeling too easy, that can be a red flag that it's gonna bite you in the butt somewhere else down the road. So I just wanted to, I wanted to test it to confirm that the seller was serious. So how I did that was I laid it out for him, how there was a pretty big profit in the deal for us. And I asked him, why don't you just do it yourself and keep all that money for yourself? I wanted to see if I could pinpoint the pain, like what's going on that's more painful than a potential $200,000 profit. That's the size of this deal. And he told me, I don't wanna deal with it anymore. It's apparent that it's more painful for him to proceed with this fix and flip than it is to not. And that's how sellers become motivated. You see, a lot of stuff happened before JR ever met him. And that's how it is with all the motivated sellers that you're gonna meet too. You're there now to pick up the pieces and exchange some equity for peace of mind. That's how you find deeply discounted off-market deals. And that wraps up the epic show. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? There's a really good chance you know someone else who would. And when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.